I want to, for the next few weeks, I want to talk about, we've just entitled it Charismania, because I want to just kind of diffuse the thinking of what this really means. Anytime somebody hears the word charismania, charismaniac, that's not the word. What is the word? Charismatic. Thank you. Get Todd, just jump in anytime, man. I got a mic right here. If I mess up, just come. Uh, you, to, if you're new today, we're glad you've had, well, you're here, but you need the gift of interpretation sometimes to follow along with what I'm saying, and our, our people know what I'm talking about. But usually when this word comes up, there's a negative connotation. It's what we think of, we think of holy rollers, our tongue talkers, our snake handlers. I, I remember we, we, we are known, I think we're known in the county as a, as kind of a, I don't know what we're known as, I really don't care. But we're, we're known as, some people say, oh, you go to that snake handling church, and and I go, yeah, and, and, and the fourth Sunday is King Cobra Day. Come on that day. You will really, you'll really get a kick out of that service. And then we went so as far when we were setting up and tear down. You know all these cords, all the, they call them snakes. Did you know that? They'd go through the sound system. And we had a box on the side of the stage, and it said snakes across it. So people would just come in and, and just, just kind of wig out. I just, I just want to kind of ease you. I want to talk about, you know what? It just means charos. Where the word comes from is charos. It means gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to talk about those over the next few weeks. And then I almost called it Pentecrasies. Because we get this Pentecostals again. They get this just negative. For some reason, it's just scary. It's just weird. It's just out there. And you know where the word Pentecostal come from? There's three major festivals in the life of Israel in the Jewish people. And one of them is the day of Pentecost. All it means is 50, 50 days after Passover. But, but the name is not important. But what happened on the day of Pentecost several thousand years ago in Acts chapter 2 is where the Spirit of God was poured out on all flesh. And, and here's what Charismatics and Pentecostals, we, we just desire and long for and expect and, an, and experience an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And for, for that reason, it just kind of wigs people out and they get all... They get all freaky about it. I, I remember I was preaching on the Holy Spirit several years ago, and, and a guy met me at the back. He'd been at our church several, probably several months. And he just said, Stan, I so appreciate your church. Every time you preach, I feel like you're talking right to me. I'll stand and worship, and, and I just cry. I don't know what that is. All I do, I, I just shed tears all the time, and it's not sad cries. It's just, I can't even explain why I'm crying. And I just sense... I just sense something that's so much different than the church that I grew up, than it's here. But, but Pastor, I'm just struggling with you talking about the Holy Spirit so much. And I, I, just, I just wanted you to know, we, I'm just uncomfortable with it. Me and my family are going to go find another church. And I, I, just thought, I just said, you know what you're experiencing? You know, you know why it seems like every time the Word of God is speaking right to you? It's, it's, not, it's not me. It's the presence and the power of God. You know why you're crying every service? Because there's an atmosphere where the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit is here. The very thing that he loved made him feel uncomfortable, made him feel un at ease. And so I want to I want to I want to just kind of defute that. Why the confusion? Why the fear? And I, and I think the main reason is people just don't understand the person, the ministry and the role of the Holy Spirit. In fact, many of our churches today, they they want to downplay the Holy Spirit. They want to they want to departmentalize the Holy Spirit. They want to put him in a box. He's are they even want to disregard him and say he's not for the days for something or somebody or somewhere else. And we just don't want to talk about him or, 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 or connect. We just, we just going to leave him alone. And, and I, listen, again, I don't care 
what, what labels we have. I don't, Pentecostal, charismatic, conservative. I, uh, I don't care. I just want to be biblical. I just want, I just want all that God has for us. I don't, want to, I don't want you to miss out on anything that the Lord has bought for you, paid for you, given for you, uh, allowed for you to be a part of. I, I, and I just know there's more. There's, there's more to just barely making it. We need more love for one another. We need more power to witness. We need, we need more faith. We need more, a greater ab- ability to obey and serve the Lord. We need more victory. We need more joy. We need more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I'm not going to push him aside because I'm scared of what somebody might say or what somebody might think. I'm telling you, we need more. And it's in, it's in the form of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God. We, 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 I desire that for you. I desire that for us as a church, as a body. Here's what Billy Graham said back in 1958. He was preaching a series, He was preaching some meetings in Sacramento, California. He said, I believe the time has come to give the Holy Spirit its rightful place in our preaching, in our teaching, and in our churches. We need to go back and study again what Paul meant when he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to learn once again what it means to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I know we can rationalize and theological questions arise and we try to figure it all out. But brother, I want to tell you that we need to accept. We need to get something. Give it any terminology you want. But we do not have the same enthusiasm. We do not have the same dynamics and the same power the early church had. They had no Bibles, no seminaries, no Bible schools, no radios, no telephones, no printing presses, no internet, social media. Billy Graham didn't say that, but if he was here now, he would. The church had no buildings, nothing. However, they turned the world upside down in one generation. What did they have? That's the question. Here's his answer. They had an experience with the living Christ. They had the infilling of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I want that for us. I want that for you. And, and I often uh, uh, recommend resources to go along with our series and and I'll have two this series. One of them is The God I Never Knew by Robert Morris. I want to encourage you. We have some copies in the back. Just, it'll just go a little bit deeper, go a little bit further. I'll, I'll give you a, 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 some of our small groups have done this. If you've not read this, I really encourage you to, to pick it up and begin reading. I'll have another resource available next week. But, but this is, this is, let's just start here. Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit in John chapter 14. It's really where he gets his disciples together and he begins to talk. I've also provided an outline for you in your bulletin. I encourage you to follow along. John chapter 14. In John chapter 13, he washes the disciples' feet. In John 17, it's the high priestly prayer. But 14 to 16, there's just a real emphasis on the Holy Spirit. And in John 14, 1, he says, look, guys, I'm going to go away, but don't let your hearts be troubled because I'm going to come back and get you. And, and then later on in the John 14, he says, look, in fact, you know, I'm going away, but you're going to do greater things than I've ever done. You're, you're going to work in greater miracles and greater power. And then he begins to explain why. And here's one of our key verses that we'll refer to over this study. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever the spirit of truth i will give you another the word in the greek if you study it it means one of the same kind i'm gonna jesus said i'm gonna look i gotta go away but i'm gonna give you someone just like me have you ever thought to yourself man i wish jesus was here in the flesh 
I just, man, if, if Jesus could just walk alongside of me, how much easier would life be? I mean, I'm having a hard time. I don't know which direction to go. I don't know what decision to make. If Je- Jesus, what do you think? I mean, wouldn't it be awesome if he could just share with us, interact with us? I mean, I, I, I'm trying to read God's word. I really don't understand it. It's not making a lot of sense to me. Jesus, what does this mean? What are, what, what, what are, what are the writers trying to tell me? What are they trying? You're going through a challenging time and just don't know if you could make it. Wouldn't it be neat if Jesus in the flesh was just there to wrap his arm around you and say, come on, you can make it. And, and you know what this Jesus is saying? He's saying, I'm sending you another. He's not me, but he's just like me. And he's going to be there when I can't be there. He, he's going to be the one. You say you need insight and direction. Well, the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. You need patience. This, this, yesterday, I'm trying to teach my four, five-year-old girl how to ride a bike. You talk about patience. I mean, you think, well, it's just a joy, everybody out. No, it was, it was cha- this is my fifth time. It's, it's just challenging for me right now. And I had to step back and say, Holy Spirit, you're, you're, you're pa-. she was whining and crying. Uh. Anyway, I just said, Lord, give me patience. That's what he does. That's, that's the fruit of the Spirit. You say, I, I need more love. I wish Jesus was right here just to help me love. Jesus is gone, but he's, but he sent another, the Spirit of truth that will teach you to love. And he's not just with you, but he's in you. I'm going to send you another counselor. Man, I just wish I knew that I, was, that I could overcome the enemy. Well, you can because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit. That's the counselor. That's the spirit of truth. Jesus said, I'm going to send you another. And the word counselor is advocate or, or really it's paracletes. And, and again, if, and I, I don't know if I'm saying all these words. You don't need to email me and tell me I mispronounced it. Let, let's just, this is my sermon these, I can say, I, that's, we're going to say paracletes, that's how we're going to say it this morning. If you don't like it, God bless you anyway. So, four times, para means alongside, clete means to walk. So, this word counselor, it just means to come alongside. Are you hearing this? Jesus said, look, I got to go, but I'm going to send another that's just like me. I can't be with you right beside you in the flesh. In fact, if I stayed in the flesh, I'm not omnipresent. There's no way everybody could get to me. But I'm going to send you another, someone that's just like me. He's going to be with you and he's going to live in you. He's going to come alongside of you to help you in your journey with Christ. And, then, and we get all, we talk about Holy Spirit, Holy Ghost. We get all wigged out. Who wouldn't want another counselor? Who is it? It's the it's the Holy Spirit. Here's another verse, John 16, 7, later on in this discourse. But I tell you the truth. Again, I mean, you know, they're, why would he have to tell them that? Did Jesus lie? No, because they weren't, he knew they weren't going to believe it. Look, I, what I'm about to tell you is not going to make sense to you. You're not going to understand it. In fact, you might not even believe it. But it is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the counselor, the paracletes, the one that comes alongside will not come to you. But if I go, then I will send him to you. So, so what is about the Holy Spirit? Here's my first point that I just want you to make aware of. The Holy Spirit is not a ghost. He's God. The Bible is filled with... The, the word Trinity is not in the Bible. It's a man-made term, but it kind of describes... God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Let me, uh, let me just use verses to help us understand that. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, 
that Jesus is talking. I'm just trying to give you a picture of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's all throughout Scripture. And I, Jesus, will ask the Father, God the Father, and He, God the Father, will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. In that verse, we see God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit. It's the doctrine of the Trinity. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, you got that? Whom the Father will send, God the Father, in my, in whose name? In Jesus' name, Jesus is talking. He will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. The doctrine of Trin Trinity 101 in that verse right there. Here's another one, John 15. When the counselor comes, who's the counselor? The Holy Spirit. Whom I will send, who's going to send him? Jesus, I'll tell you, from the Father, he's going to come from the Father. The Spirit of truth goes out from the Father, and he will testify about me. It's all over that verse, that this idea, this doctrine of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus was baptized, and, and as Jesus was baptized too, and as he was praying, heaven, John the Baptist was praying, heaven was opened up, and the Holy the Spirit descended on him like a bodily form, like a dove. So in this in this. In this illustration, in this baptism, we see Jesus, we see the Holy Spirit, and then a voice came from heaven. You are my son, with you I am well pleased. It's the Trinity. It's, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. It's, it's all throughout Scripture. I mean, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, Gospels, Epistles, it's all throughout there. In, in Matthew 28, 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. It, and, and here, how do I know that, that the Holy Spirit's not a ghost, but He's God? Because in Acts chapter 5, there's a story of Ananias and Sapphira who lied to the disciples about the amount of money that they received for a piece of land. And Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart and that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? You have not lied to men, but to God. And then in this passage, Peter says the Holy Spirit is not an id. He's not a ghost. He's not an aura. He's not mystical. He is God. He's God. You, you need to know that. that that's, that's very important. He, he's part of the... Here, here how it is now. God is on his throne. God is in heaven on his throne. Jesus came, lived, died, resurrected, and now is at the right hand of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the one who has been sent to interact with man. The Holy Spirit is God's voice during this, this time. In our, the Holy Spirit is the one that's, that's present and active in the earth to meet with us and instruct us and help us. I, I, let me read this to you. I've taken every sentence of this from the Bible. The Holy Spirit intercedes through us on earth. God, he caught, the Holy Spirit calls and qualifies every minister for the work of the kingdom. The Holy Spirit hears, speaks, teaches, and guides us into all truth. The Holy Spirit glorifies Christ, receives Christ, shows us Christ, and brings all of Christ's words to our remembrance. It is better that I leave so that the Holy Spirit can come, Jesus said. The Holy Spirit shows us things to come, knows the deep things of God, searches all the things, and reveals all things. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. The writers of the Bible were moved along by the Holy Spirit. We are warned not to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. Unless a man is born of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. We are convicted by the Spirit of God, born again by the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit, filled with the Spirit, and sealed by the Holy Spirit. 
The Spirit is not mystical or spooky. You don't have to be scared of Him or mystified by Him. He's kind, compassionate, sensitive, and sweet. He's not a ghost. He's God. Here's the next point I want to make. The Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. This is why this is so important. If you see Him as an it, you won't have a relationship with Him. God wants you to have a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. He wants, to, he wants the Holy Spirit to become your best friend. You know, to, to help you say when you should talk and not say something when you... Just come alongside of you and, and give you help. And, and for, for that to be a reality, He cannot be an it. He cannot be an aura. He, he's gotta, you've got to know that He's God and you've got to know that He's a person. Well, again, well, how do you know that He's a person? Well, we turn to the... To the Word of God, we we turn to Scripture, and and we know that a person has a soul, mind, will, and emotions are what makes up a person's soul. He has thoughts, he has desires, and he has feelings. You are a person because you have mind, will, and emotion. You you have you are a person because you have thoughts, you have desires, and you have feelings. The Holy Spirit has all three. Let's let's just kind of go through them first. He has a will. That means, I mean, he has a mind. And here's 1 Corinthians 2.11. No one knows the thought of God except the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit knows the mind of God. The Bible says that he's omniscient. That means that he's all-knowing. Speaking of the Holy Spirit. He's not an it. He's a person. He has a mind. Let's keep going. Uh, uh, he, has, he has a will or he has desires. Acts 16.6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Here's one of these words, I, you, I, Fergia, and don't mock me, just stay with me. And Galatia, having been kept, the word kept, if you, if you look up that word, let me just look at it again so I make sure I get it right. It means to exert one's will. The Holy Spirit had a will for Paul and the disciples. I'm going to keep you from going there because I'm a person, I have a will, and in this case, I'm going to exert it over you. God, the Holy Spirit knows the will of God. And let me, can I just mention the will of God? There's really two kind of will of God. There's the general will of God. And, and let me just give you an example. And, and our, the general will of God, if you were asking the question, what shall I marry? The general will of God is found in the word of God. And, and we know according to scripture, a man marries a woman and a woman marries a man. That's the general will of God. That's what God has laid out. God's word is God's will. How do I know God's will? Look to God's word. Whatever his word says is his will. I know that, uh, okay, what do I marry? If I'm a man, I marry a woman. If I'm a woman, I marry a man. I also know that if I'm a believer, I don't marry an unbeliever. Because how can light have fellowship with darkness? I know the will of God for my life because I know the word of God. And the word of God says that, that I can't be yoked with unbeliever. It's not good for me. It's not good for my kid. I just, I, I just got to, I got to, if you're a young person today, if you're not a young person, like an older young person, like available at that age, like, like if one of, just if you're older, you're not like 16, 17, but like 21, whatever the age, I don't even know why I'm saying that, but the age of marriage then you need to be looking for a godly person. That needs to be first on your list. Uh, do they, do they, I'll ask people all the time, well, they, they're dating somebody, and I'll say, well, do they know Jesus? And they go, I haven't even asked them yet. I'm like, what are you thinking? That's the first thing you find out. Dude, why? Because God has a will for your life. He wants what's best for you. He desires you to thrive, not just survive. He wants you to make it. He wants your life to be rich and abundant. And he knows the pressure and the challenge and the difficulties 
that a believer will have living with an unbeliever. Just a challenge. But how do we know the specific will of God? I know what I should marry, but I don't know who I should marry. Well, that's where you've got to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. I've discerned His will through God's Word. This is who I, uh, what I'm supposed to marry. But now, Spirit, speak to me about the who. And the Holy Spirit does that because He's a person and because He has a will. Here's the last thing the Holy Spirit has. I must not have a scripture, but He has an emotions. He, he can feel. He has feelings. And, and here's the scripture. How do I know that? Because there's several sins against the Holy Spirit. Are you getting anything out of this? Is this helping you at all? Happy Mother's Day. Get filled with the Holy Spirit. It will help. Here's, here, here's, here's sins against the Holy Spirit. You can lie. I'm going to give you three or four. But there's more, but here's three or four. You can resist the Holy Spirit. That means you can stiff arm him. You, you just, I, usually, for you to resist the Holy Spirit, it's usually speaking about unbelievers. There's a story in Acts chapter 7 where Stephen was full of God's grace and God's power. And because of it, he was doing miracles and people were getting saved and great things were happening. And the, the Pharisees got upset with him. And so they brought him. They brought in some false witnesses. They, they accused him of doing something he hadn't done. And, and they given him an opportunity to speak. And, and again, Stephen just stands up and he gives them a sermon. And he, talk, he just takes them back in. In, in, into the Jewish culture, into Israel's past. He talks about Joseph and how Joseph had favor and how May, Moses had the hand of God and how he delivered. He talks about David and how he was a great king. And then he talked about Jesus and, and how, how Jesus comes along. And, and here's was his word. You rejected Moses. You wouldn't listen to him. You, wouldn't, you don't realize the favor that was upon Joseph and, and his grace that, that could have been passed on to you. And you've just resisted. And here's what Stephen said. You stiff-necked people, your hearts and ears are still uncircumcised. You are just like your ancestors. You always resist. You stiff-arm him. He's trying to convict and convince. And you're saying, no, I don't want any part of it. I, I Just get away. Keep your distance from me. I don't want anything to do with you. Why, how can you, why can you resist the Holy Spirit? Because he has emotions. He has feelings. You can, you can resist him. Another, another sin against the Holy Spirit is you can grieve him. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. It means to make sorrowful or, or to affect with sadness or cause grief or to offend. In, in the context of, of where this is used, it's in Ephesians chapter 4. Paul is encouraging the people to live holy. To, because that, that's another role of the Holy Spirit, to help you become holy. And so he's just encouraging him, just, just be holy and live righteous and do the right thing. And then he says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When you disobey, when you act in, 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 in outright defiance to God's word and God's will, you grieve, you hurt, you bring sorrow to the Holy Spirit. And, and who do you bring sorrow to? You, you can't bring sorrow to anyone that doesn't love you. If somebody doesn't love you, they don't care what you do. I'll tell you why you can grieve the Holy Spirit, because He wants what's best for you. He wants you to live, in, again, abundance and fruitfulness and joy and grace. And, and He wants you to do the right thing and not grieve Him, with whom you get rid of all bitterness and rage and anger and brawling and slander, along with every other form of malice. And be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ forgave you. Don't quench the, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. When I was in middle school, I was given a, Mrs. Riggs was her name. I remember because she never could find her glasses and they were always on top of her head. And we would make fun of her and pick at her. And, I, and, and she wasn't, a, well, I just gave her a hard time. 
And she kept threatening me, I'm going to call your mom and dad. And that was back in the day where moms and dads did something when the teacher called. And, and, uh, I, and that worried me a little bit, but I didn't think she'd come through on her threat. And finally, she did. She called, she called home, and I was just hopeful she didn't get my dad. If she got my dad, it was going to be rough. Got my mom, I probably could wiggle my way out of that, and, and, I, and I'd be all right. She got a hold of my mom. My mom comes to a conference. And she starts telling, Miss Riggs starts telling her I've been acting up and not paying attention and talking out and being disruptive. And, and I'm standing on the, on the outside. They didn't let me in. And, and so my mom comes out. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, Mom, just don't tell my dad. That whatever you do, don't tell my dad. Just, you know, we'll work this out. Don't tell him. I'm thinking that. And we, we get, we're walking down the hallway. She doesn't say a word. We're walking to the car, down a flight of steps, through the parking lot. We get in the car. Still not a word. I'm getting scared. I'm thinking she's going to tell my dad. Finally, we get, we start driving home, and I look over at her, and she's crying. Tears coming down her face. And I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, tell my dad. Just let him beat me. Let him kill me. Let him destroy me. Mom, just quit crying. Quit. And you, you say, what, what is that? How does that relate to that? I, I had grieved my mom. I, I, her words were, you're better than this. You're not acting right. I had grieved her heart. And that, that's what we do when we disobey, when we're... When we disregard the word of the Lord and the voice of the Holy Spirit, we grieve him. And, and, I, and I don't want you to do that because I, the Holy Spirit says, because I know what's best for you. I, I don't want, here's another thing we can do. We can quench the Holy Spirit. Just a few more and then we'll, be, we'll wrap up. We're going to dedicate some kids. We're going we're gonna, to we're, we're gonna take some time and invite the Holy Spirit to really fill us and touch us. We can quench the Holy Spirit. And here, the, the verses in 1 Thessalonians 5.19, it says, don't put, the Spirit's fire, the, don't put out the Spirit's fire. In the King James Version, it says, don't, don't quench. Don't, the, the, what happens, the whole context in this verse, you can read it later, things are happening in the, in the church of Thessalonica. People are getting saved. The Spirit of God is moving. Uh, good things are happening. And, 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 and some people are just trying to quit. It's like this. We had a fire. We have a fire pit on our back deck. And the other day we had a fire and it had just started getting too big, kind of getting maybe we thought out of control. And so I just had to take some of the oxygen out of it. So I just picked up the top and just set it on it for a moment just to, to settle it back down. I was quenching that fire. I was putting the fire out. We can do that with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times because we don't understand it, we get fearful of it. He's going to make me say something I want to, don't want to say. He's going to make me go to Africa and be a missionary to a tribe on the backside of the world. And, and so let me, let me just put the top on the Holy Spirit. He's going to make me run around the church or, or jump on the... I wish he would help me jump up and slam dunk a basketball and I could just hang on the rim. But he, he, he's going to make me do all this stuff. And so I'm just going to quench it. I'm just going to, I'm just going to put it aside. And for whatever reason, fear, worry, doubt... And, and, and the word of the Lord is, don't, don't put out the, the Spirit's fire. In fact, I mean, Timothy, Paul told Timothy, fan into flames. Don't put a box on it. Blow on it, man. Stir it up. Stir up what God wants to do by His Spirit in your life and in the church. There's one more sin of the Holy Spirit that I want to talk about. It's called the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Trevor, get ready to come back to the keyboard, will you? And this is found in two places in the Bible, Mark chapter 3 and Mark chapter 12. And let me just, I just wanted to stay for here just for a minute because this is the most ununderstood and misapplied scripture. We call this blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Many people call it the unpardonable sin. And listen to me. Nowhere in the Bible is there a word called unpardonable sin. It's not there. 
That what happened was, what's going on here, is that Jesus drove out a demon, a man that was blind and mute. He drove it out. The guy was in his right mind, and he was healed. And the Pharisees come to him and said, you've done this by the spirit of Beelzebub. You've done it by the spirit of the devil. What, what they were saying is, you are full of the devil, and you drove out a demon. And, and God go, Jesus goes into discourse, how can, how can a house divided stand? You remember that talk? That's that context. It has nothing to do. It has every has nothing to do with salvation. There is no such thing as the unpardonable sin. There, there is no sin too great. Now, yeah, yeah. Where we where we come today about this is is that if we just keep resisting and resisting and resisting and resisting, but there is no sin that's too great. There's no if if in fact you could if you could do the unpardonable sin, Paul would have no business being an apostle. I mean, he denied Christ. He killed people on the account of Christ. I mean, you look all throughout the Word of God. God is a forgiving God. God is a gracious God. You, you, or if you're here this morning, you have, I'm telling you, you have not committed the unpardonable sin. There's hope for you. There's grace for you. There's mercy for you. There's, there's love for you. There. Here's what the Word of God says. Whoever comes to me... I'm not going to drive away. I don't care what you've done in your past or what you even thought this morning or what you think you're going to do this afternoon. If you'll come to me, if you'll humble yourself before me, if you'll just seek me, I'm not going to drive you away. I'm going to embrace you. I'm going to, I'm going to draw you close. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all our sin. If we confess our sin... He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm not worried about the unpardonable sin. I'm not worried about somebody thinking they blasphemy the Holy Spirit. I, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about that we resist the Holy Spirit. That we stiff arm Him and say, you stay over there and let me do my own thing. I'm afraid that we're going to grieve the Holy Spirit by our actions and by our, our testimony and, and by, our, by, our, by our lifestyle. That, that we're, going to, we're going to hurt Him because He wants what's best for us. I, I'm, more, I'm more concerned that we're going to quench the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit wants to do such wonderful and gracious and powerful things amongst us and in us and through us. Listen, I, I believe according to the Word of God, healing ought not to be just occasionally. It ought to be the norm, not the exception. We ought to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit when we go out and, and we're moving. And I don't want us to quench Him. I don't want Him to say, because I don't understand you, because I don't fully get it, because it doesn't make a total sense in my mind. Let me, just put the, let me just put the cap on it and suck the oxygen out of it. I'm saying let us be a person and be a people that, that expects and desires and, and longs and, and, and anticipates and just says, Holy Spirit, breathe on us, change us, transform us, fill us, come alongside us and help us to be the people that God wants us to be. Amen, everybody. Amen. Stand to your feet with me, with me will you? Will you raise both hands towards heaven and just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're welcome here. Will you lift your... I'm asking you. I, maybe I'm, I'm asking you, will you lift your voice and just together, collectively, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come and move in our hearts. Come and move in our lives. Come and touch us. Come and help us. We welcome you. We acknowledge you. Come on, church, help me now. Don't let me pray for you. Pray with me. 
Are you hungry for the things of God? Do you want more of them in your life? Then lift your voice unto God. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Lord, you're awesome, and every gift is good and perfect. And we pray for the gift of the Holy Spirit. We pray for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives and in our midst. Holy Spirit, would you rain down over these next few weeks as as we begin to understand a little bit more, as we begin to, to hunger for just a little bit more. We're asking you, Spirit of God, will you respond to our hunger, respond to our cry, respond to our desires to be more like you, to be filled with you. Lord, that's my prayer for Clover Hill. We wouldn't be casual and complacent. Lord, that we wouldn't barely make it, that we wouldn't just have some of the things that God wants for us, but that we would receive everything and in its fullness, God. Open up our hearts, open up our minds. Open up our spirits today to receive from you, to be filled with you. Help us, Lord. Help us, God. If you're here today and you don't, you don't know Jesus, he, he, He's here to save. He's here to set you free. He's here to help you. And you say, why is my heart pounding? Why is my stomach turning? It's because the Holy Spirit wants to help you connect with Christ. He wants to bring you into relationship with God. Maybe you're here today and you've run from the Lord. You're, you, you, at one time, maybe you were serving Him, but, but over time you've drifted and just got away. The Holy Spirit wants to reconnect you. Look, He's not here to beat you up, make you feel bad, make you feel awful. He wants to convince you that you need a Savior. He wants to convince you that when you come to Jesus Christ, that you can be clothed in His righteousness. He wants to convince you, according to the Word of God, that the enemy is a liar, he's defeated, and his plans have been canceled over your life. You say today, Pastor, will you help me? I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I, I, I would encourage you to say this prayer after me. We're going we're gonna to spend a few minutes worship. Before we do, before we do, I want to pray for those that are outside the family of God. I would pray this. I, I would just say, Lord Jesus, I realize today I need you. Come into my life. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I don't want to resist the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to quench what He wants to do in my life. Jesus, come in and cleanse me and make me new. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my King. If you've walked away from the Lord or you're not serving the Lord, I would just say, Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. Lord, I give you my life. At the end of the service, Pastor Andrew is going to give you some next steps, what to do, but I just need you to know right now you are a recipient to be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've said yes to Jesus, He wants to fill you and touch you, and I, and I would just pray again, Lord, fill us, touch us, help us.